and welcome to this Meetings Today podcast. I'm Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director of Meetings Today. I am uh, thrilled to have a uh, longtime industry veteran and longtime friend in the industry, uh, Christine uh, Shimo Shimasaki, um, uh, now of Two Synergize, a uh, SimpleView consulting company, uh, joining us today. Um, she has quite the resume and has really kind of done it all in the industry, um, including serving as a full-time consultant for Destinations International, um, where she managed the Mint database and event impact calculator, um, and also provided leadership and guidance to the industry with specific meetings, market issues, and opportunities, and is currently on the faculty of San Diego State University Masters in Meeting and Event Management, where she teaches data-driven decision-making for event professionals. And of course, she has uh, filled a wide range of other roles in the industry, um, including serving uh, on the, as a board member to PCMA and as a chair on uh, Destination International's accreditation board. Thanks for joining us, Shimo. Tyler, it's always great to connect with you and your audience. Thank you. And yeah, and you, you know, you've really kind of, done it all and, and touched a lot of uh, areas of this industry. Um, even uh, you were on the hotel side for a, a while, unless I'm mistaken. Yes, I, I worked for Marriott for uh, 10 years. Um, and, you know, I, I do want you to de-emphasize the, um, the veteran or the, the long tenure that I've had in the industry. Okay. It doesn't seem that long. <laughs> <laughs> well, it creeps up on you. I, I, I got a similar story, I think. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you were also at the uh, the CVB and our our DMO, I guess is the term now in uh, in San Diego too, right? Yes, uh, San Diego, now known as the San Diego Tourism Authority, uh, and I still live here in San Diego. Um, but yes, yeah, spent about sixteen years with that great organization. Excellent. Well, I think I'm uh, fairly confident uh, you know what you're talking about, so we'll just kind of jump right into it. Um, and um, data-driven uh, is is the message you're sort of bringing uh, today. Um, why should planners, uh, meeting planners and event planners be um, concerned or really make decisions based on data? Well, you know, it, it can be intimidating uh, to talk about data-driven decision-making, but let, let's just start with a, the, a problem that we have. And, and we all certainly can relate to the fact we have a lot of problems in the industry today and have had to make a lot of decisions very quickly when we may not have had all the data that we wanted to substantiate uh, making the decisions that we um, have made. But when we, when we talk about um, strategy and being strategic or wanting a seat at the table, as we say, um, we, we really need to examine the approach that we take about recommendations we want to make. So um, we have the opportunity of being probably, you know, firsthand being able to see things and, and know that we needed to take different direction with our events or our various strategies, or it could be even exhibit sales or however, whatever is the task at hand for us. And how we make the case to others that we have to influence to get on board with our recommendation is that 
we find when we use data to describe the problems that we're seeing, that it becomes sort of, Tyler, the, the common language. It, it is mm -hmm. somewhat level sets us to understand collectively. So that quickly can get stakeholders on the same page with you and seeing the issues so that we know we need to take action. And, uh, and what are some sort of examples of being data-driven that would apply specifically to meeting and event planners? Uh, what are maybe some key aspects uh, if they can't uh, you know, learn to be data-driven uh, driven in 50 uh, different areas? What are a few that are really they should keep their minds focused on? You know, I think we all want to understand what we need to improve upon in terms year over year in terms of our events. And we do one of the main areas that we're collecting quite a lot of a lot of data around Tyler is not only qualitative data, but quantitative data in our surveys. So very typically where we're asking our attendees about where they're satisfied in terms of the event and also what we see as what they think are most important about our events. And so when we collect that survey data, we need to sort of understand not just what they're satisfied with, but what areas of the event were most important to them, whether it was networking or the quality of the speakers, and then know how satisfied were they on those most important attributes. So in data, you're able to conduct some analysis about importance and satisfaction to, to understand the gap and the gaps that you have. And it clearly, when you present that sort of issue to others, you can quickly understand the areas of the conference that you would like to improve or, or we need to improve. So, uh, you know, what's, what's wrong with going with your gut, right? Your intuition, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it served me well up until all this data stuff uh, became important. <laughs> you know, Tyler, that's a really good point, right? Because us veterans, and I'm kind of doing the quote thing, yeah. us veterans, you know, we, we can and have relied quite a bit on our intuition. And, and there's really nothing wrong with that other than the fact it can become an opinion, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I think for our younger professionals that are coming into the industry that have a different view, um, may have a different recommendation. So uh, when you really take the discipline of examining the problem and start to collect all the information you can about the problem, you start to level set the approach. Yeah. So uh, a younger professional that's just coming into the industry may not have the benefit of all that intuition. Yeah. And then the veterans, we have to kind of examine where our biases are mm -hmm. and really kind of check to see whether we do have a bias uh, view of how we're going to go about a problem such as understanding specifically where we need to improve upon our conferences. And usually you know, there are investments that need to get made when it comes to improving our conferences. So we might need to invest in more uh, virtual technologies or, um, you know, areas that we never had to really put some dollars to. So this is where data starts becoming really important uh, to justify 
where we're going to shift, you know, dollars as it relates to our investments. And let's just say, uh, you know, okay, I'm hearing your argument and I bought into it. Uh, how do you go about developing this skill? I mean, I I know as a an editor, um, this I've witnessed the change, and now you're it's all about analytics and and traffic and engagement, um, you know. And I guess I've just sort of uh, jumped in and started swimming. But uh, you know, what sort of recommendations or tips do you have for people who maybe are a little um, not as skilled as they would like to be in this area? Well, I think that the one place to start, right, is Excel. And Excel is a really great um, tool, to, and, and it's just amazing. I think we, we use Excel today in a lot of different ways. The, the planners that are in some of the courses that I teach, I ask them, you know, where, how do they use Excel today? And predominantly, you know, they're using them for budgets, which is a good thing, right? But mm-hmm. um, they're also using it for Gantt charts and, and manually, you know, kind of doing planning and um, sort of for other ways other than doing some analysis. So first and foremost, I think we have to get comfortable with data and then really learn to prepare that data for analysis. So whether or not you um, take any kind of basic Excel and uh, start to learn how to use some of the other functions in Excel, like pivot tables and VLOOKUP. These are different formulas you could use in Excel. But I I would start by just diving in to um, uh, get your hands into the other functions of Excel, uh, other than some formulas and and that we use predominantly. Um, where you can do that is um, there's, you know, several of our industry organizations, uh, MPI, for example, that offers in their academy an event data analysis certificate course. So that's mm-hmm. certainly another place to start. And, I, and, and all, in all disclosure, Tyler, I do teach that course as well. I was good. Yep. I, I, uh, you sent me that information. I was going to bring that up. So uh, that's, that's good to know. Um, and, um, and then why don't you tell me, you know, uh, tell us a bit more about what to synergize does, um, via simple view. Um, and I know you do a lot of work with the DMO community, correct? I do. And, you know, Tyler, I, I think I've always had a passion and understanding, you know, where's always, where is the industry headed and how DMOs can support planners and their events. So I've always played in that space and I, I am very passionate about sales strategies and how destinations use a facility like a convention center to drive economic impact for their destination. So to, to synergize is all about um, helping DMOs and with not only understanding, you know, what's going on with customers, but what's going on in the industry as it relates to new events, booking pace, how are we looking for the, the health of future years in our destination? So when I joined the SimpleView team, we developed a, a new booking pace tool. And what a booking pace tool does is help destinations understand, you know, out into the future, let's say 23, 24, 25, 26, because a lot of events are confirmed um, 
six, seven, eight, nine years in advance. So we have to really understand the health of these destinations um, and how are they going to, how are they doing and performing? And if they're really starting to come into trouble before they're actually in trouble so that they could do something about it. So these booking pace kind of help that story. And we developed this tool. It's called Future Pace. Well, that's a, a good transition now. You have all the data. Um, what are you seeing out there? We're coming out of hopefully um, not knocking on wood, uh, two years of pandemic with some fits and starts and everyone's uh, just really wanting the in-person meeting uh, meetings to resume. What are you seeing? What's What are the numbers telling you? Well, um, I'll look at it from two, you know, sort of perspectives. Um, so one is, uh, because I'm um, because I'm affiliated with SimpleView, we we power um, you know uh, probably over 250 destinations and their customer relationship management systems, their CRM systems. So it helps us be able to monitor the activity that DMOs are doing in the sales area in terms of providing and generating leads and bookings for their destination venues. So I look at that and um, we're, we're looking at this week by week. So the good news is that through, through um, say the end of February, now beginning of March, and we're, we're talking March um, 9th, we're starting to see this activity of new leads um, being generated by DMOs that is starting to be about 92% of the lead activity if I looked at this same time in 2019. And 2019 pre-pandemic is sort of a benchmark that the industry is using, hotels and DMOs, to kind of understand how are we getting back to pre-pandemic levels. So we're sort of indexing or comparing to 2019 levels. So the good news, we're about ninety-two percent in that lead activity just as of this uh, last week. No, that that is good news. Wow. That is good news. So then I look at it from a future pace perspective and look, trying to look out a little bit further than activity that's happening today. And we partner with Tourism Economics, uh, a Oxford economics company, mm -hmm. and they do a lot of forecasting um, for the industry. And they also do some forecasting for future pace. So they're helping us understand, like in 2022, for example, what percent of 2019 are we going to be at? So mm -hmm. as a year, if I look at the whole year, I'm looking at right now about 69% or 70% of 2019 index levels. So but, not, are you saying by, by the end of the year? Or yes, by the end of the year. So, so Tyler, not quite back to recovery, right? We're, we're not quite back to recovery. And when you dissect 22 into quarters, you certainly see that Q1, where we are today, is very different than, say, Q4. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you know, the range is probably 60% in Q1 of 20, um, 
19 levels. But when you get to Q4, a little more optimistic, we're expecting a lot more activity. So that's looking more like 80% of 2019 levels. So mm -hmm. when we're talking about the recovery, um, 22, the, the quarters look very different. And then as I look into 23, uh, just a year from now, we're hoping that uh, and expecting that our recovery will be more in the 90 percentile of 2019 levels. Well, that's that's good news. Uh, I, I uh, you know, I, I uh, wouldn't imagine it, it was coming back um, as strong as it is. And, uh, you know, how does how do things like a compression um, impact all of this with all these meetings that have been postponed and kind of kicked down the road piling up? Well, I think that one, one, um, one factor that we're all watching very closely uh, for destinations and, and hotels is, um, you know, certainly some events here in Q1 have, have gone virtual. You know, they, they haven't come back in person. Um, so that, that has certainly not created the compression in Q1 that we would have liked to have seen. But we are seeing quite a lot of hybrid activity mm -hmm. um, and we're wondering what impact that's going to have on our room blocks that the destinations are holding for future periods so will the hybrid component um, how much will that impact uh, the room block um, is is really not well understood and certainly something that we're trying to gather some data around um, especially when we look at mint in the historical database. Right. And I, and I, I personally think, you know, most people think that some form of hybrid will be around, but I just don't, uh, you know, as you say, I don't think we can be very confident that we'll know the, what the true impact of that will be moving forward. And, you know, Tyler, the, the, the poor room block has been under siege for quite some time, yeah. right? It, and it didn't need a pandemic to um, yeah. sort of, uh, create more issues with a with the contracted room block, and you know the fact that people go around the contracted room block anyway. So a lot yet to be seen, a lot of data to collect, and I think if we as an industry kind of come together on sharing some of that data and helping each other understand the performance, mm -hmm. um, I think it'll help us all build better strategy for the future. Well, excellent. Well, thanks for joining us today, Shimo. Oh, it's always a pleasure, Tyler. <laughs> and where, where can people find out more about uh, what, what you're doing? Well, they can connect with us um, by going to our website, to the numeral to synergize.com. Well, excellent. Well, thanks again for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tyler. And thank you for tuning in to this Meetings Today podcast. I'm Tyler Davidson with Meetings Today. Um, and if uh, you like what you heard today, um, head on over to meetingstoday.com. Check out our podcast section where we have uh, many more interviews with industry thought leaders that um, hopefully will illuminate uh, your, uh, your opinions on the meetings and events industry. So thanks again for joining us. And whatever you're up to today, uh, please go out and uh, have a great rest of the day.